Welcome to another electrifying edition of Off the Mound Podcast, presented by Sloan. I'm Ryan Dempster, your ringmaster for today's show, and it is our goal to entertain you every step of the way. We'll lead off with a guy who can straight rake at the plate. He's a fan favorite out in left field from your Chicago Cubs, Kyle Schwarber. And, as if that's not enough, a former teammate of mine, an intimidating force out on the mound, and at the plate, by the way, Carlos Zambrano. But before we get to Big Z, it's time. It's Schwarber time on Off the Mound. Schwarber, what's up, pal? How are you doing, man? Ryan, what's going on? I guess you got that right. Uh, everyone on the north side of Chicago, I guess, likes me. Uh, I guess none of the south siders do, but it's, uh, it's fun to be on here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, how's uh, how's the quarantine life going for the Schwarber family down in AZ? Man, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, it's, it's been a it's been a blessing, and trust me, there's times where uh, we both want to, you know, go at each other, but it, it is what it is. You know, it's it's a blessing. We just got married uh, this past off season, and this probably time with each other in uh, ten years, so. Uh, it's, it's been a, it's been awesome. Uh, you know, we're going out, we're hanging out with each other, hiking, uh, been out on the golf course, uh, a lot of Netflix, uh, <laughs> and, and cooking a lot, actually, you know, that's been the, uh, that's been the cool thing is, you know, really been cooking a lot and, uh, spending that time together. So it's been a lot of fun and just trying to stay ready for the season whenever possible. Are you expanding your palate? Or are you like, Diving deep into some cookbooks and, and and broadening your cooking range right now. I mean, I me personally, I am not the person who's going to go out to the store and like go get the uh, I guess sort of the fresh cut onions. I'm going to be the person who's going to say, "Hey, where's the meat? I'll grab it. I'll put it on the grill, and I'll meet you up there in 20." You know what I mean? Yeah. Get you one of those like big, huge tomahawk steaks, you know, with the big bone in it and just mow that whole thing down. You could use it. A lot of protein there. Good for the muscles. Ooh, now you're talking my language. I mean, if, uh, I mean, one day I'm, I'm hoping to like be good enough on this grill now, you know, so when I get home and we actually have a decent grill that I can make like Wagyu beef, whatever it is, you know, smoke up the smoke up some uh, ribs, whatever it is, and, uh, you know, have, like, the apron that says, like, Schwarber Grill Master or something like that, something cool and cheesy. <laughs> you know, I love that. Um, you talked about Netflix. Everybody's got a show, right? Like, so, or multiple shows, especially nowadays. we got multiple shows going. What's the one that, like, that you and Paige are, like, you know, hey, one more, honey? Do you want, how, how do you feel? It's, like, two in the morning. You're, like, hey, just one more? You know, you can't stop watching. What's your go-to right now? Well, the, the sad thing was we watched it all in one day, Tiger King, when it came out. Like, I just, oh like, my God. I just can't. I just can't believe that that actually goes on in our society. I mean, that was unbelievable. And, like, this thing, like, these are the people out there that are responsible for these big, giant cats. And they're going to keep you safe. No. No. No, but I mean, it'd be twist and turn. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't write a better story. I didn't think, and uh, I mean, it, it, the sad thing is, I guess it wasn't a story; it was real life. It's right up there. I mean, I figured Last Dance, Tiger King, on par for 
you know, documentary of a real life superstar, Michael Jordan and Joe Exotic. 100 percent. I mean, Joe, I mean, I think Joe might top my MJ uh, in just in terms of like well-roundedness. I mean, this guy, I mean, he was a, a tiger keeper. He ran for the uh, what mayor governor. And I mean, he was even a paramedic at one point. You know, like in his paramedic jacket when the lady got her armpit off. I mean, what a what a round around the guy. You know what I mean? Pulling off all the skills, no problem. We're gonna apply a little pressure. You're gonna lose a little bit of that arm, but we're gonna be just fine. We're gonna have you back to work in five days. A top notch medic right there. Oh man, wow, what a guy. Have you love the shake? Have you hand. been have you been watching the Last Dance? Uh, yeah, I have been actually. I mean, what a what a mindset of just winning. And I think that that translates, obviously it translates to us athletes on the field, but I think that that can translate into everyday life on uh, just how we went about business, uh, you know, how he had this mindset of whatever he was gonna do, he's gonna dominate. And if you take that into your everyday mindset, that nothing's gonna stop you. Yeah, I mean, it was incredible. Just the fact that, you know, he he not, he didn't believe he was going to beat you. He knew he was going to beat you. And that came through, you know, hard work, determination, but really at the core of it all, inside of him, just believing in himself so much. You know what that's like when you're when you're believing yourself, you, you can do some amazing things out there on the field. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a whole different ball game when you have that the mindset, you know, Everyone says in baseball, I mean, I'm sure it is in basketball too, just listen to the Jordan talk that, you know, this game is, you know, 90% middle. The the 10% the is the physical stuff that you see out in the field, but how you handle your day-to-day -day, uh, aspects and how you have your mindset and your game plan and what you're going to do when you're out there and the crap sitting in the fan you know, I, it's interesting what he was able to do. Um, you know, to you, speaking of like what you were doing on the field, uh, last year was, a, I, I felt like such a huge year for you, um, especially the second half of the season, the success that you had, the huge numbers that you put up in the second half. Um, I know how excited you were looking forward to going into this season with that. And, and hopefully you'll get a chance to do that. And that would be great. But what, what do you think changed for you? Was there a moment or... Uh, was it the ability to go out there and play every day against righties and lefties? What what was it that really clicked for you uh, and helped you turn the corner last year? Yeah, you know, obviously it's a combination of a lot of different things. And when you're able to be out there on the field every day and, you know, uh, you, you're, you're just going out there trying to win, I think that's the biggest mindset. And, uh, I mean, it, it kind of hit me in 2017 uh, with, with Kenny Revisa, uh, God rest his soul. Uh, he was our, our formal, uh, former uh, mental skills uh, guy before he was uh, passed away. But he, he had this great story when we were out, me and him were out in LA, we were playing the Dodgers in 2017. And we're in, our, in my hotel room, we're talking. And he goes, in his only voice, hey, Sean, come here. You know, he's got this like really high, but like, Really so, so cow voice, and uh, he 
he goes, all right, get, do your routine, do your routine, step in the box. I go, okay. Like, you don't want me to like have a battery. He's like, no, just stand in there. But I stand in there, I'm doing this. And this guy's an old gentleman. And he decides to jump on my back. Like I'm, I'm holding Ken Viz on my back. And he's like, swing, just try to swing. And I'm, I'm like, you know, ah, ah, trying to swing. And he's like, that's what you're doing every time. You know, you're carrying stuff into your bats. And I mean, that was like, a, it, was, it was an eye opener for me. Like thinking like, yo, I really am. Like it's so hard in this game to not be in the moment and to carry all your previous, you know, if it's a, a strikeout, a line out, uh, you know, the umpire called a pitch outside that you didn't think was a strike, but he called it a strike. You know, things like that, that he was able to uh, help me and take my mind off that. And then just being able to formulate more and more and playing more and more. And, you know, another key thing was when I was down the cage last year, uh, me, Sledge, and Post, who are hitting coaches, um, you know, we're down there and I was just talking about, like, what I wanted to feel about in my swing. Because I've had it my whole life. And, you know, I just wasn't feeling it at the time. And I'm like, you know what? I, I just used to do this. And I put the ball was on the team. I just go, boom. And it goes, whack, right off the back of the net. I'm like, like, why don't you do that again? I'm like, hmm, good point. So just kept going, whack, whack, boom. You know, and it was just this rhythm thing with me. And it, it was able to stick. And, uh, you know, that was kind of the two big things I took away was, you know, having a strong mental side and also being able to stick with that swing mechanic and stick with your routine throughout the whole year and uh, to make those small adjustments. Yeah, I couldn't agree. Like the, for me, that was such a thing too, the, the pitch to pitch. It's only this pitch that matters, whether it's the pitcher or the hitter. Um, what happened previously is long gone. You know, it's, you know, although it might be seconds till the next pitch, that that is so far in the in the past, and that's all you can do is, you know, control that moment right there. And and you're right when you don't carry those things, um, it frees your mind up, it frees your body up. You're not as tense, and uh, and the the results for you definitely showed. It was it was fun to watch. Um, you know, you build on that in that second half and go out there and have that. I was really really pumped for you. It was it was fun to watch. And looking forward to yeah. to this year to. To seeing you carry that over into this year it's going to be uh it's going to be a special thing to see yeah well me too i mean that was i mean personally on a, it was a personally it was a win in the second half but obviously up with the team side we you know we didn't finish where we wanted to be and uh you know i think we're all looking forward to when we're going to get that call to uh get back out there and start getting after it all again with the boys yeah, and get back to the postseason. I was looking, dude, like I knew that you hit some big hits. Obviously, there's the World Series uh, moment back in 2016. and um, But in seven playoff series, you're 300 hitter with a, an over 1,000 OPS. Um, you know, so it, it seems like in those moments when the stage is bigger that um, you have that ability to really just like slow it down and, and, and live in the moment. And, and the numbers don't lie. That's a lot of that's a lot of at-bats. Uh, against a lot of really good pitchers in those moments and you and you really seem to thrive in those moments. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what kind of baseball player you are if you don't strive to, you know, be a winner and want to be in the postseason and go and win a World Series. And 
you know, for me, I was lucky, you know, like th this is a story that will never leave me, you know, 2015, uh, we're going into the divisional series uh, against the Cardinals and Denorfia, I, you know, we were all, uh, Chris Denorfia, he was an outfielder teammate of ours and a coach last year. And uh, someone just brought it up and he goes, no, this is my first postseason. And I mean, the guy had a 10 plus year career and uh, this was his last year, I think, playing and or maybe second to last year, and it was his first time in the postseason. And, I mean, this is my first year in the big leagues. And, I mean, we go on the run of 15, 16, 17, even 18. And, uh, you know, the more you're in those situations, the more comfortable you are with them. And, I mean, stepping into my first postseason, I just didn't know any better, and I just want to go out there and win. And, you know, there was no real moments that affected us as a, as a unit. And I think that's why, you know, you see such a collective good team out there on the field every year. And when we get to the postseason, it, there's no real games that are ever going to be, um, you know, if we're losing, you know, they're all going to be close games because we're always never out of the fight. And, you know, when we're ahead, we want to keep uh, pushing the uh, pedal on these guys. Dude, that 2015 series against the Cardinals, it was so exciting. And I was sitting down uh, the third base or the first baseline when you hit that ball up on the scoreboard. And I was just like, you hit it. And I was like, oh my God, that's on a rooftop across the street. And it turns out because you hit it 800 miles in the air too, that it eventually had to come down and then it lands on top of the scoreboard. I mean, what, what an incredible moment against the Cardinals in a division, you know, a division rival to hit a ball like that on that big stage, you know, that had to feel so special. I, I mean, talk about this. Uh, like, it still gives me goosebumps this day just thinking about it where, you know, you, you hit the ball and literally as soon as you hit the ball, the crowd just goes, ah! you know, and, you're, you know, it's like, holy crap, like, what happened? You know, you know, you, you know, you hit the homer and it's like you take in that moment when you're running around the bases and you're thinking about like, wow, what a, what a historic field we're playing at. We're playing in front of the best fans and they're cheering for you. And I mean, talk about a whole series. I mean, that was just a great series. I mean, that's something I'm never, you know, it, it's, it's always going to be ingrained in my mind. It's going to be something that I'm going to tell, you know, my kids, or, uh, you know, hopefully one day if I'm coaching Little Leaguers, whatever it is, uh, those, those are moments that are never going to be forgotten. And then you follow that moment up with, um, you know, you turn this really tough, awful moment, uh, you know, tearing your ACL, tearing your knee all up, um, and making this incredible, nobody thought moment happen where you make it back. Obviously, it took the team getting to the World Series for that to happen, but at what point in there were you like, okay, I think there's a shot at this. And then when were you like, yeah, let's go. I'm, I'm in on this. Yeah. You know, the funny thing was like when, when this all happened, you know, I was devastated more because I wasn't going to be able to be a part of the team and be on this special ride. It was like, Going into that camp, we knew that we had something really good here. You know, we just brought in Jay Hay. Uh, you got John Lackey, uh, a bunch, you know, a bunch of other guys who are out there. And it's like, wow, with what we had before and bringing all these other guys in around us, this is going to be special. 
and this the culture around it is unbelievable and that's why i was more distraught about it i was like man you know i'm not going to be able to the go on this ride with these guys and um you know once once surgery happened and everything it was shooting through more of a spring training uh you know scenario where i was just going to be back for next spring and uh you know i would take bi-monthly visits to dallas uh to see the doctor and then you know two months went by it was like okay we'll shoot for uh you know winter ball and i was like okay so that's what i had my mindset to and you know what like the the thing was throughout the whole process was watching these guys go about their business every day and how great they were out there on the field it pushed me to be better and these guys were a huge support system as well uh a huge support system as well with my family my wife uh who were coming up visiting me uh and, and making sure i needed everything and just the combination of you know watching the boys play the support system and sheer dumb luck uh you know the, the boys are in uh la for game three of the nlcs and i went to dallas and uh you know i i would just type uh you know the, the trainers would type questions and that doctor and they always ask me if i want to put anything i'm like ah you know just be funny i'll put world series down at the bottom and he's doing the knee checks and like all of a sudden he, he didn't even look at the paper and he was like hey you know you've done a great job through this rehab process your knee's really strong right now he's like um i know you guys are on this run right now and i wouldn't be against it if you tried to come back to pinch it or possibly bh and i'm on a table and i almost threw the table over trying to get out I'm like, give me a phone. I need to call Theo Epstein right now, and I would have, I want to try to do this. And I mean, Matt Johnson, who was a trainer with us, is like telling me to pump the brakes. Like, hey, take it easy. Let's just get to LA first, and then we'll figure it out. And uh, that was kind of the, the how this all came about. And uh, I mean, I didn't see it coming ever. And I mean, to see what the boys did out there on the field, you know, when I was able to come back. You know, I just wanted to do it for them. I wanted to help them win. These guys went out there, battled it, went over 100 games, uh, you know, got their way to the World Series, and I just wanted to help them uh, top off their, uh, you know, the, the postseason with the World Series championship. Well, and I remember being around, you know, I felt like I was on the same 60-day DL. The only problem was I wasn't getting a rehab assignment. Um, I would, You know, I was with you guys so much, and, you know, just like you said, they gave you this support system. I know for a fact that when you came off the DL and you came back, that instantly, you know, somebody who had like a little tweak in their back or a little tight hamstring, that went away. Because it's like, Schwarbs has come back from a torn ACL and he's playing in this. Nothing hurts anymore. And and it was cool to see on the same way you inspire those guys to go out there and get And it was just, you know, one guy after another, just t a team atmosphere just piling on top of each other. It was It was so cool. And then... Of course, uh, you know, uh, a memorable day there in, in Cleveland that will last a, a lifetime for all of us who are involved and especially you guys on the field, man. That was pretty special right there. Yeah, I mean, talk about being down three games to one and being really comfortable. You know, that was like... <laughs> I know, right? I was like, I walked in the clubhouse. I'm like, it felt like we were up 3-1. I know. Special, I mean, man. it was incredible. About, you know, 
I know, and that is, it's just a it's just a testament to like the, the the organization and the players that were in the clubhouse and uh, just how we wanted to go about this, you know. And it's a funny thing we talk about the Red Sox all the time, you know, back when they were down and. They're like, well, you know, you got Millar out there saying, well, we got, you know, him, him short chilling, then you, anything can happen. You know, that was the same thing with us. We had Johnny uh, going. Uh, then he, if Johnny wins, we got Jake going behind him, Cy Young winner the year before. And then you got the, the ERA leader, uh, Hendricks, going uh, game seven. You know, and we were comfortable with it. And, uh, you know, those guys were going with the three-man rotation at the time, too. And we, we saw their guys a bunch. And, uh you know, I, I think that's what all helped us and obviously our mindsets. And, I mean, just what a special time. And, you know, the rain delay speech with Jay Hay, bringing all the boys together once, you know, crap was hitting the fan and um, making sure that we were all out there on the same page going out there for that 10th inning to, uh, you know, make sure that we were going to take the lead and shut the door on them there. Yeah, well, I, I look forward to, to seeing you back in another World Series in a Cub uniform. I think that'll be pretty special. Um, stepping away from baseball, like life's going on right now. Um, you and and Paige, your, your whole family, you guys do amazing stuff um, for first responders. Um, you know, especially right now, the, the people on the front lines. Um, you know, talk a little bit about your, your charity and, and why it's so important to you and, and, and what you guys are doing to, to give back to the, to the first responders. Yeah, our, so our charity is uh, Schwarber's Neighborhood Heroes. The reason it means so much to me is I grew up in that kind of family. You know, my dad was a policeman. Uh, my mother was a nurse. And uh, my sister was in the military, and now she's a policeman where my dad worked at. Uh, I had an uncle who was a policeman up in uh, Cleveland. Uh, his son was in the Army. Another cousin of mine was in the Army. Uh, so this stuff really directed, you know, it, uh, it hit me at home. And, uh, I knew what these men and women go through uh, every day, you know, saying goodbye and, you know, not knowing if it's their last and uh, just trying to make it back home to their kids and be able to support their families. And uh, that, that's just kind of the biggest reason why I really wanted to shed light on these individuals who are going out there trying to protect us every day to let us do what we do. And uh, they're just how they're so selfless out there uh, putting themselves first and, uh, and their family second. And so, you know, right now, obviously, with the COVID going on right now, we're trying to do everything possible. We're trying to uh, do a lot of research right now. We were able to provide meals to uh, first responders in Chicago. And, uh, you know, right now we're really trying to search and dig deep on a way that we can really impact all these individuals uh, who are out there putting their lives on the line every day. And uh, obviously right now with this all going on, we're not going to be able to have our event. So we're trying to get creative and try to do uh, put together possibly an option or whatever it is to uh, start raising uh, some more money to make sure that we can distribute it out to the uh, individuals who really need it. And it comes across when I go to your events and I've been there and been a part of them, um, you can see how much it means to you. And uh I know the last one we did, it was great to, to see your sister there and, um, you know, the, the police dog walking around attacking people, not just one person, but they were well protected. So that was fine. But uh, I, I just like you, I grew up, my dad was a fire chief. My brother's a firefighter. My other brother was a volunteer firefighter. Me and you were the black sheep of the family. You know what I mean? We don't, all we'd ever did was hit and throw a baseball sort of well sometimes. 
Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> they're going, they're going out there to put their lives online. We're just going out here playing a dang game for a living. I mean, I, I'm not complaining, but I mean, I, that's I mean, shoot, we got we are black sheep for that. But a lot of respect for what all those individuals do, and uh, that's why I want to do as much as I can with the platform that we have uh, to support them and. Uh, fun fact that people might not know, our last event, Ryan Dempster was actually our auctioneer and did one heck of a job. And I got so many compliments that I'm, I need to bring Ryan back for next one. <laughs> I'm in. You bet. Absolutely. If I can get people to spend their money, I'm all over it. Absolutely. For a great cause like <laughs> that, you bet. A thousand percent. Especially if it's Johnny Lester. Yeah, digging. He's got plenty of deep pockets. We'll get in those pockets anytime. <laughs> and he's not. And he's not afraid to share the wealth with people who need it. He's as good as anybody at that. I know that. Um, 100%. Before before we let you go here, um, you uh, you know you're so much fun. You're charismatic. You're a great guy. I know you're. You know when game time comes on, you're game face. But you like to have as much fun as anybody. Um, and I thought maybe we could have a little bit of fun right here. You're in Arizona. I'm in Chicago. Um, we're miles apart. Um, you were in the uh, Middletown High School's show choir, which was a premonition right there that you were going to be in the show because you weren't just in any choir. You were in the show choir. Um, and I know that you love to sing. And I, downstairs in my basement, have a little, uh, you don't have to go loud. We have a little something. I'm going to see if you can even hear this. See if you can hear this. And, uh, and tell me if you can hear it. Can you hear that? So Kyle Schorber is going to join us here on Off the Mound. This is in the style of Darius Rucker, not the old old show, medicine show. Heading down south to the land of the sun. my way up in North Carolina. Heading down the road, great to God, I see headlights. See headlights. <laughs> Oh, you got it. Where are we at right now? Picking me a bouquet of dogwood flowers. Raping and Riley if I see my baby tonight. Baby Now we get to the part that everyone knows. Don't rock me, mama, like me, a wagon. Mama, like a wagon wheel. Rock me, mama, hey. any way you feel. Hey, where are we at? I can't hear it. Ah, oh, we had it. It was a heck of an nah, effort, you know? I'm we got, sorry. We got my a little ears. bit of it. Well, dude, you're always I mean, so much fun. I, I you're think, always such a great I think sport. It's gonna be enough for everyone else to hear. I mean, that's that's enough for everyone's ears. That's right. Just that little snippet was all we needed. Um, hey, Schwartz, thanks so much for for joining us here for coming on off the mound. Um, can't wait to see you out on the field. Hopefully, it's sometime soon. And really appreciate you coming by and and spending a little time catching up with us, telling some stories, and sharing some laughs with us. Denver, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And I uh, can't wait to see you too and give you a big hug and uh, get out there and start uh, going, to, going to war with the boys. Yeah, always great to catch up with Kyle, man. What a fun guy, generous, huge heart. Oh yeah, and massive power. A great breakout second half for him last year. Well, here on Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster podcast, we want to thank our sponsor Sloan. Washing our hands is super important right now. It's always important, uh, but nothing like the present. And Sloan's 
No-touch hand-washing technology is state-of-the-art and second to none and couldn't come at a better time. So we want to thank them for providing that technology to people out there so we can wash our hands and stay safe. Now it's time from one guy who rakes to another guy who rakes. He was a pretty decent pitcher too on the north side. We're going to sit down right now with Big Z, Carlos Sembrano. Z, how's it going down there in Miami, my friend? Man, thanks for uh, having me here in this program. You know, uh, you know, life is good and uh, we're here in Miami, um, you know, uh, hanging out and raising the kids, uh, do some doing some business and, and uh, you know, everything is, is good. Thank God. Nice. What are you up to these days? What's, uh, I mean, obviously everybody's staying home, but once this is uh, all over and we can get back out to a little bit of a normal life or a new normal, what, What's on the plate for Carlos Sombrano? Yeah. What are you up to? Well, you know, I have uh, um, a program in, in, in Venezuela that I go and, you know, raise um, kids and, uh, you know, teach them how to play baseball or how to um, do in baseball. And, uh, you know, uh, that's, that's uh, what I'm doing now since last year in October. And... Uh, Nothing else, man. You know, just going to church and and uh, my life is is going uh, good since I met uh, Jesus Christ since uh, 2011. And uh, you know, I live I live for for the purpose of God now. Yeah, that's great, man. I I see the smile on your face. I always love uh, you know the smile that you would bring in uh, every day, except for every fifth day you'd come and pitch with a real serious look on your face. But um, <laughs> you know, I. <laughs> <laughs> I always said people always said you know like Big Z man. Well, I, I was I like... was better I was better than Pryor, you know. I mean, I, yes. I, I I'm not scared of anybody, <laughs> but Pryor, every time he was pitching, I mean, I say I don't mess with this guy. They say you know, this day. Yeah, he was game face. It was on every fifth day. Oh the yeah. The other four days, messing around, joking around, but on game day, it was like straight face, and he was coming <laughs> for you. It was pretty impressive. <laughs> Um, yeah. You know, playing yeah. with you for all those years, you know, in Chicago, I, I really did see, you know, um, all sides of you. And I saw, like, how much you loved playing baseball. And I know you loved pitching. You put up some unbelievable numbers, you know, in Chicago, 125 and 81. I mean, that's that's some impressive stuff, a 3.6 ERA, 1,500 Ks in a Cub uniform. What did it mean to you, looking back especially, what did it mean to be a Chicago Cub for you? Well, it was it was special, you know. The fans, uh, everything in the clubhouse, everything in the um, uh, in the atmosphere of uh, Wrigley Field. Um, I mean, uh, playing for Chicago was uh, one of the best uh, thing that uh, ever happened to me. Uh, you know, be part of uh, uh, some winning teams. Um, like you say, you know, it was uh, I had a uh, hundred something. 128 wins with with the Cubs, and uh, you know I played for a team that lost 90 games. Uh, that's 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 rare for a pitcher to win. You know, consistently 16, 18 games in a team that lost that many games. You know, that's that's not usual. That's unusual. But uh, you know, uh, I love the atmosphere. I love the, the going to the to the ballpark every day and. Uh, you know the the clubhouse wasn't the greatest. You know, like like now now you feel like like you are in the big league uh, clubhouse. But you know, 
thank God that, uh, you know, the new owners and, and, and uh, Theo and uh, all these people that undo, uh, are doing uh, all this job in the clubhouse and the, and the locker room and, and the dugouts, now you feel more the atmosphere to play baseball. Yeah, no, that old clubhouse was so tight. Like, I always felt like, you know, if Ed Halber was changing right behind me and I changed at the same time, our hairy backs were going to match up against each other and you know, that wasn't going to be a good look. <laughs> Especially him. <laughs> Ed always had a, he'd take yeah. his sweater off and he had another sweater on underneath. <laughs> That's right, man. But it was fun, hey, you... you know, it was fun. You know, at the end of the day, you know, like, um, like I, I always say, you know, we, uh, we had, we had arguments, we had, um, all type of, uh, you know, thing, uh, in the clubhouse because adrenaline, because, uh, you know, that we, we all want to win, but at the end of the day, um, we were brothers, we were teammates. We, we spent more time in the clubhouse than with our family. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, we, 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 we can be mad at each other, but at the end of the day, uh, we, uh, get together and, you know, when I used to drink a beer, I used to, you know, uh, in the bag, I used to, you know, share a drink with, uh, with you guys. And, you know, that's, that was part of the, our, our daily or, or, or everyday get out of the, you know, uh, the pressure. Uh, and then we go home and then we spend time with our family. Chicago is special, you know, because, uh, you play day games and then, uh, you have the, the rest of the of the afternoon and, and night uh, to hang out with the family uh, and to hang out with the friends and, and, and do whatever you want. Yeah, and I was saying too, like you put up incredible numbers as a pitcher, um, you know, year in, year out there, especially like 04, you know, I mean, uh, 04, 05, 06, 07, it was like every year, 200 innings, you know, at least 15 wins, you know, you were dominating the league. But where you were the scariest, Z, was at the plate, dude. It was so much fun for somebody who could barely hit the ball of the infield to watch you, a fellow pitcher. I remember one time at the batting cage, you're like, damn, man, just like, just stay back and just rotate and then use your hands. And I said, yeah, but I do that. It's a pop-up to second. You do that. It's like on to Waveland or Sheffield. So it was, <laughs> it was so much fun. You, I know how, talk about how much you enjoyed hitting. I know how much you loved it. Well, you know, since I was in the minor leagues, I take care, uh, you know, I was um, very uh, dedicated to uh, to hitting, the hitting part. Um, I remember uh, that uh, in double A, uh, my pitching coach was uh, throwing BP to me and I didn't like bond because I want to swing the bat. And um, he threw me so hard that I, you know, I bumped the ball, but the ball, the ball came into my, you know, right in my nose and I was bleeding. You know, I went like this, I, you know, somebody, I say, no, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. I, I kept hitting. And, uh, you know, I just put uh, some uh, uh, tissue in my, in my nose and, and uh, I kept hitting. But since I wasn't double A, triple A, you know, they were like, no, no, Z, you know, be careful. You're too young and, and uh, don't get hurt. But uh, I knew that I was part of uh, me and being a, a National League pitcher. I knew that I was, you know, um, when I when I when I first came up, uh, I knew that the, that I had to go and uh, help myself. 
uh, self. Um, and uh, that's why I enjoy, you know, I remember when I was in, in, in Houston, uh, I was losing the game. I think I was losing the game for four to two, four to three, something like that. Wayne Miller was pitching and Dusty came to me and say, hey, uh, you're going to hit. I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want, I want to, I want to hit. It was a six, seven inning, something like that. And uh, Dusty say, you're going to hit. I say, yeah, I want to, I want to hit. So um, he let me hit and I hit three, three, three runs uh, bomb of uh, Wayne Miller and uh, we ended up winning Curveball, right? Curveball? You know, my, my home. Yeah, it was a curveball, yes. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. I remember that clear as day. The nasty hook. He had yeah, nasty, not nasty, had enough. nasty curveball. Yeah, no, that, that one, that one was, uh, you know, a hanger, a hanger one. But uh, basically, you know, his curveball was nasty. Like Roy Oswald, you know, I remember one time Oswald, uh, threw me a curveball that I swung the ball. I couldn't come back and swing it, swing it again, man. It was so slow. That, <laughs> I mean, uh, I think if if uh, if I hit that if I hit that ball, my shoe would be in, in the. I would be running without shoes. <laughs> Dude, I remember we we would sit on the bench sometimes. Ted, Lily, and I would sit on the bench, and Lou would be looking for a pinch hitter, you know, and like scratching his head. <laughs> And me and Ted would be looking over at like Sinatra or Tram. We'd be like, well, hey, hey, uh, where, where is the available? big guy? <laughs> Where's Big Z? Let's let him hit. No, no. I mean, it was pretty remarkable. I, you had, I remember you had a stretch. You had a stretch where you, um, yeah. I think it was like eight straight at bats, you had a base hit. Right? Yeah. 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 It was, uh, I think I went three for three. Uh, then the next game, I went three for three, and then uh, two for two, I think. Eight uh, at wow. bat. I had eight hits in one season one time, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that, that, those are skills that you know uh, we uh, we develop uh, practicing and. You know the, the the best example for me is is um, um, John Lester, man. He when he when he came to uh, the National League, he was he was an easy out. Now he you know he he fight um, the at bats, you know. So because he practice, I, I believe he practice. You know, he say I'm a, I'm a National League pitcher now, and so I have to you know take care of, um, this part of uh, of of my duties. Yep. A hundred percent. I always felt that way too. If you could, you know, make a pitcher throw, even if you got an out and you make them throw five, six, seven pitches, you do that three times in a game. That's one less inning for that starting pitcher and you're getting into the bullpen. So yeah, I couldn't, he had, he has worked really yeah. hard at it and, and yeah. it's showing it's show, he's not an easy out anymore. You know, now he's going deep like Carlos. No, Lebron. man. He's, he, he impresses me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when he came yeah. to the national league, he was an easy out now, you know, even in the PlayStation, man, I play. I, I'm, I'm playing in the season now. <laughs> and that's the, you know, it's a good hit in the PlayStation, man. Yeah, he's. Uh, I told him about his his pitching numbers in the PlayStation. He said, "I don't like that, though. He's he's not too happy with his his <laughs> uh, his virtual numbers. He wants to get back out on the real field so he can play real ball." Yeah, well, I think everybody, you know, is waiting for to see baseball again this year. You know, so. You love the game so much. I, I I knew that being around you, you had the chance, you know, to come back and um, 
and just give it another shot. You you know, you're playing here in Chicago in independent ball. The velocity was there. Um, what was that like? Just just that experience of, you know, of playing baseball again after a couple of years off and going through all that. Yeah. <clears throat> I, the year before I played in Mexico, man, and I felt that I felt that I have a concrete in my arm. <laughs> in Mexico, I was throwing 86. 84, 86, you know, and I, when I threw 86, I was like, <clears throat> you know, maximum, <laughs> max, max effort. But, uh, you know, I work hard. I, I, um, I went to a friend, uh, I mean, he wasn't a friend of mine, but a friend of mine had a, 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 a friend that he was a, a stranger conditioner, you know. Um, so he came to my house, I, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, contact him to work with me and uh, he started working with me after uh, Mexican uh, league season uh, when I played Mexico in 2008 and 18 I played Mexico so after that season you know I worked with him every day you know we went to the gym he stretched my arm I think it was you know a matter of uh, stretching and and uh, uh, you know um, uh, uh, get it get my uh my arm strong again and uh, he did a good job you know um so the next the next year i got this uh contract with uh the chicago dogs and uh you know i was feeling much much better um i was my my velocity went up you know it was it was a matter of uh, of a stretching you know you know that them you know that we we need mm -hmm. uh uh, stretching and uh, range of range of motion, uh, it, a good range of motion. So range of motion. There. That's that's the word yep. that I was looking. The range of motion. My range of motion wasn't wasn't uh, straining again. It's uh, it's not um, it wasn't there. So now you know, last year, you know, I I, I felt good and uh, my range of motion was there. My, my uh, uh, personal trainer traveled to Chicago and he worked with me. Uh, but uh, you know it was fun. I take more like I was a coach in that team, and I teach um, all, all those young kids, you know, about about anything that, that, that they want. You know, I learned that from from Alex. He always was uh, he was always available to answer. Sometimes you know the answer that you was looking for wasn't that answer, but you know he answers. Yeah. Do you, do you look now, like, especially you talked about helping the kids in Venezuela and, and working with them with baseball, um, how much you're enjoying being a coach and, and helping these kids and watching them grow and develop and in their baseball lives? Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I always enjoyed that. Uh, um, since um, all the players that when I was in my prime in Chicago, all the pitchers that came uh, to the team, you know, uh, always try to give an advice um, of the game, you know. Um, and now um, I think uh, that's that's a way that I that I can uh, um, give back what uh, what I receive from God, the skills and and the knowledge of uh, pitching, you know, just like you. I I, I believe I, I I'm sure that that. Uh, when you see uh, a, a you know a young pitcher in in Chicago, like Albert Asolai and and you know all the pitchers, 
you can give an, an advice, you know, because you know and you have the the, the knowledge of, of baseball, of pitching. And, uh, you know, I think we all uh, like that, you know, when you retire, you like to teach what you had and, and, and you know, now baseball has changed with all the electronic and and uh, analytics and scientific. Yeah, all those things. Last year, you know, that we have, I never saw that. We had a Rap Zoto, uh, uh, you know, the, the machine that yeah. measure your your uh, movement and your uh, breaking, uh, your break. Um, we didn't have that. Spin rate, now, everything. You know, no. Spin, spin rate. I mean, I, I was pitching, I was in the bullpen, and uh, I saw that thing, you know, in the middle of, of, of me and the catcher, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, I said, man, I don't think Greg Maddox would like to pitch with that in front of him. You know, he doesn't like any distraction, you know. So uh, he was all about his game and, and, and uh, he only had to do with uh, the catcher, you know, not with the machine in front of him. So uh, I was like that too, but I have to pitch with that and I have to uh, deal with that because baseball now is, is all about um, statistics. Yeah, I was. I'm always interested to see what would have happened if if there's analytics and the Rapsodo machine and all that would have been around when Lou was managing. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he would kick that. <laughs> Get that thing out of here. But you <laughs> you come in the dugout and be like, "Hey, Lou, my 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 spin rate said you know 2300 RPMs." He'd be like, "Yeah, well, son, that's great, but the ball's on wavelength. What does it matter?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who was the guy? I I don't want to say that. I mean, I pass him that. But somebody came to him and then say, "Hey, Lou, I can run. You know, I I can jump a car." Somebody say that to him, and I can jump a car. You know, from side to side. And he say, "Oh yeah, you better get the first base because you you will end up in triple triple A, <laughs> something like that, man." I, I mean, it was hilarious. Yeah, he was he but was so Lou was funny, man. man. Yeah, yeah, he was fun. Yeah. Man. he was he was great, and and uh, thank God we didn't we didn't we didn't have the Lou that you know everybody was talking about when he came to Chicago and he said, "Oh, Lou was, uh, Lou is Lou is um, you know a hard man," and uh, he, but when he came to Chicago, he was he was totally different than the people were saying that he was in, in Seattle or whatever. Cincinnati or whatever. Yeah. Isn't that the truth though? Like, you know, you know, for you, I know people have this, um, you know, uh, uh, imagination in their head or this theory or this idea of, of who Carlos Zambrano is because you, you have a big personality, especially when you're out pitching and, you know, Mark Carlson's throwing you out of the game and you're chucking the ball and throwing him out of the game. And, you know, uh, and, and, you know, the Gator, the Gatorade machine that you destroyed, which, by the way, you got that idea for me because I was the first one to do that. When they put that Gatorade machine yeah. in our dugout, I'm like, this is a bad idea, guys. Between me and Z, one of us two is going to destroy this thing. Yeah. But when Luke I'm came, a good he learner. was, he was so... I, I learned good. Yeah. So I learned that from you. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Yep. Hopefully, I, hopefully I helped a little, a little bit on the mound as well, but... No, I felt the same way, like yeah. you're saying about Lou. Um, when he came there, he he was he was very uh, 
you know, about us being a unit and together. And because of that, I mean, we had back-to-back division champions. We had, we had some really good teams um, that yeah. came together. Yeah. We just didn't he get was it done. a professional. He yeah. was a professional. He was a professional. He was on, on his business. And uh, whenever he wants to st- tell you something, he would call you to his office and, and say, you know, um, but, uh, uh, you know, for me, he was, I mean, uh, one of the best managers that I, I, I had in Chicago. Yeah, he was great. Him and Dusty, too. We were lucky to play for some some really oh, yeah. great managers Dusty. there. Yeah. I always loved Dusty, Dusty so much because I was... felt like, he cared about he cared about you as the human before you as the baseball player, and that to me was so important because yeah. it's baseball, baseball, yeah, baseball, exactly. and he cared about you and your family number one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, he was he was everywhere, like droopy. <laughs> he was, <laughs> I mean, he was he was all over. I mean, he 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 trying to be he trying uh, to uh, take care of you off the field and on the field. Um, you know, that's why he, he always tell the player, you know, this is a good restaurant in this place and, uh, you know, new players and, and, uh, you know, he was, I mean, he covered, he trying to cover everything in, around the players. And, and that is not easy to do in, in the big leagues, you know, because you have 25 guys, uh, and, uh, you have 25 different, uh, likes, you know, I like arepas. I mean, you like, uh, gravies or whatever, uh. You know things like that. You know he was so special and 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 uh, small things uh, for the players. You know to take care of the players and and uh, you know that was good. Hey, I like arepas too. Bien Masabe uh, on the north side of Chicago. Hey, yeah, that place outstanding. Nice, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know. I've been asking, I've asked some of these guys that, that used to play for the Cubs before they won. When the Cubs won the World Series in 2016, did it a little bit of you feel the joy because of being there so long that a little piece of that was for you as well? Of course, man. Of course. You know, I was happy. I was jumping in my house in Venezuela. By that time, I was in Venezuela. I wanted to go to Chicago. I think I received a call from somebody, but I couldn't go because I was in Venezuela. It was hard to uh, jump in the plane that, by that time uh, to go to Cleveland or whatever. Um, the guy that signed me, Julio Figueroa, he, uh, he they, uh, you know, they invite him to go to, um, you know, to be in the celebration or whatever. Um, but I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Like I was there and, um, I, I have I have friends in uh, in Chicago that that he um, he was um, FaceTime me and and uh, you know to see that the because the team was in the Cleveland but people a lot of people were in the, uh, uh, you know around the Wrigley Field Wrigleyville. and he was one of them that yeah Wrigleyville and he was one of the those people that he was FaceTiming me and uh, um, you know that was awesome I, I felt that I was there with those people you know. Um, I think uh, anybody that played for the Cubs or this special team uh, felt, uh, you know, that finally, you know, the Cubs uh, came uh, came uh, through and uh, uh, and uh, won the, uh, their first uh, World Series uh, trophy since 1908. And, uh, you know, I celebrate that. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I was celebrating with my friends and my family in uh, – 
I was watching the game with uh, my family in, in Venezuela, my friends, and, uh, um, you know, that was a special. I, I felt like I was part of a, of a, that celebration and that, that team because that, I pushed. I was pushing, you know, in my spirit, and I was – I was even praying for the for the for the pitchers for 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 the fan, for for all the players. So uh, that was great. Well, good man. I know that uh, I know that all those thoughts, all those prayers from from everybody, including us ex players, definitely um, those guys could feel that, and they and they won because of that. And uh, um, you know, yeah. I I enjoyed you as a teammate, but I, I love you as a person, Carlos. You're you're a great man, and uh, I'm glad to see that life is good for you, and uh, and that you're doing well, Likewise, and your family's man. well and safe. And uh, and thanks so much for for joining us here on Off the Mound. I really appreciate you coming on and, and talking some baseball and uh, and and you know sharing a little bit of the past with us. It's really great. Likewise, man. Um, thanks for uh, the invitation, Dempster. You know, I appreciate this uh, interview. So glad Carlos and Kyle were able to stop by for some fun. This podcast drops on June 1st, which coincidentally is Big Z's birthday. And six degrees of separation, Cubby style, he shares his birthday with another former Cubs legend, Randy Hunley. How about that, folks? Well, I hope you enjoyed our conversations today. And don't forget to subscribe to the Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster podcast presented by Sloan on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And as always, be sure to tune into the show every Friday night at 8 p.m. on Marquee Sports Network. That's all for this episode. Come back next week for some more fun on Off the Mound.